This is the time of year when we are encouraged to be generous. Give generously with your money to those less fortunate. Give generously with your time to those who are lonely. Give generously in your family and in your church. And these are all good, but really, what is the best example of generosity in our lives? Yet God is generous to us. In 1 John 4, it explains that it is not that we loved God, but that God loved us. He loved us so much that He generously gave up His one and only Son for our sins. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I am so glad that you're joining us today. Today is episode 183. This is our series that we're doing on God's attributes. We've been sharing an episode here and there to talk about God's attributes in our lives and how we see them play out um, in our God Is series. We've talked about how God is gracious, how God is faithful, and how God is good. And today we have a brand new topic and a brand new guest. We'll be discussing how God is generous. So good to think about and kind of hash through what that really means because sometimes we think about something, but we didn't really think deep enough, right? So I have already enjoyed all the past ones and I am really looking forward to today's and we have a few more coming out. But before we jump in, let me introduce you to my guest, Stephanie Bloss. Stephanie, I'm glad you're here with us. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. All right, well, we're, I'm excited. Um, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about who you live with and what do you do all day? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a family of three that is soon to turn into a family of four in February. Ooh, okay. I own one dog. She's a Bernadoodle named Mabel. I am also a stay-at-home mom, but I feel like what I do daily often depends on the day. Yeah. I try to separate my days into categories, which might kind of sound weird. Okay. Um, I'm curious. Yes. It just helps me with my schedule. So for example, Mondays are what I call my reset days. I spend most of the day deep cleaning my house okay. and resetting it for the week to come. So lots of laundry, cleaning, cleaning the floors, all of those good yes. things to make my week easier. Whereas on Tuesdays, I like to go out and run errands that I have for the week for most of the day. So I'm out of the house on Tuesdays. And then Wednesdays, I have a few different things, but I spend most of my day at the church actually doing things such as Awana. So every day I try to complete one category and then it resets every single week. Um, and this has just helped me stay on top of things and also allows me to feel like I'm not doing the same thing every single day, <laughs> <laughs> right. which is nice. <laughs> well, and then um, I'm a girl who loves to get my house cleaned all mm -hmm. in one day. Mm -hmm. I just like that. Some people like to do Monday's bathroom day, Tuesday's kitchen. You know, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I like mean, the whole thing to be clean. <laughs> yeah. All at one time. And and actually, um, I mean, I'm, we're always doing dishes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Like that is never a never ending chore, but a good thing because that means we're eating too, right? That's true. So that's kind of cool. That's a nice idea. If somebody's struggling with getting their stuff done, they might make some patterns and categories, right? All right, Stephanie, it's almost Christmas, um, which is really fun. Uh, what is one Christmas present that you received that you loved when you were growing up? And what's one gift that you loved giving? That's a great question. Um, as a kid, I loved receiving experiences and classes. So my parents would often purchase something like pottery wheel classes, a Ooh. pretzel making demonstration, um, or like a guided painting instructor who nice. would help me paint something. Um, I was a crafty child, and so I loved to learn how to do these new types of skills. 
Um, and because of that, I think I also love giving more personalized gifts, whether that is a painting or a craft or just something that I got to design and personalize myself for that Okay, person. so you're making things. Yes, I do like to make things. And then give them. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, I love the idea of experiences, be- especially um, experiences are great if you come from a large family because mm-hmm. sometimes they're costly, an experience, like, or we've often um, asked for, like, as a family, we've received, like, a Zoom membership mm-hmm. or a membership to some, you know, we are huge fans of Greenfield Village, which is just in Dearborn, Michigan, north of us, about an hour, and I love going there. I still love going there, and my kids are pretty mm-hmm. much grown but um, those are fun. Those are experiences. What a great idea. So if you're struggling with coming up with an idea, give an experience, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you could even, um, that just made me think, you could even make an experience yourself. You could invite, give the gift of, I'm going to teach you how to can. If you're an older woman, I don't know if you're a younger woman, you can teach that too. I don't know how to do it, <laughs> but, um, you know, or come over to my house and I'll teach you, I'll give you free s- knitting lessons. You know, like that's actually kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Those are some lost arts out there. So um, what about traditions though? Because this is like the big season for traditions. What's a favorite tradition from your childhood that you want to do with your soon-to-be family of four? Mm-hmm. Well, growing up, we always made a ton of Christmas treats and desserts. Um, so that's something that I want to continue on. Last year, uh, we tried to make the like a Christmas cookie day tradition where we bring our TV into our dining room oh. and we watch Christmas movies as we bake the Christmas fun. cookies. And then when we are done, weather permitting, we'll bundle up and take them out to our neighbors um, and just say hi. Um, another uh, tradition we tried to start last year is a Christmas themed day where for the entire day everything is Christmas. <laughs> That's so fun. Christmas flavored coffee and breakfast. We decorate the house. It's Christmas music only. Um, and it typically ends with like a trip to Hobby Lobby or a craft store where we pick out a few new ornaments or Christmas decorations for our house that year. That's fun. Do you do that like, w- did you do that early in the season? Like yes. right mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving kind yeah. of? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, is this cookie, Christmas cookie day, I love that idea. Is this something that you did with your your husband too? With my husband, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's just my husband um, and then my child and I, but... Soon it will yeah. be more. Soon it will and be more. And you can add more if you need to, or God blesses you that way, right? <laughs> yes. That's really fun. Um, I love decoration, decorating our house. We always have a tradition where we, um, even my adult kids come back and we decorate. I think that's just fun. I mean, they, they're like, please tell us. Please tell me when that's happening. So we've got it on the calendar. Um, it's, it's a really good thing. So Stephanie, I'm glad that you're here with us today. You're going to walk us through, though, how God is generous. And I'm really thrilled to pause today in our day and think about God and who He is and how who He is actually affects us and how who He is should change our thinking and change our lives. So Stephanie, walk us through how God is generous. Absolutely. I would be happy to. Before we begin, I just wanted to say that it has been a great blessing to study the attributes of God. Um, If this is not something that you have done, I would highly encourage it. Um, It's been wonderful to look around at the world and see how intertwined God's attributes are, not only with his other attributes, but also within creation. It's been great to step back and look at God's character through these attributes. I think it's really easy to become self-focused when we're reading the Bible and only look at what we can learn about ourselves rather than looking at what we can learn about God. 
I know that I have deeply benefited from studying God's generosity the past few months. Um, it's also crazy how as you begin to study something, you begin to see it everywhere, and you have this like whole new awareness of yes. it that you did not yes. have before. So I have been so much more aware of this, um, but I've also been more aware of how others discuss it, um, which has been very interesting. A few weeks ago, I was at the grocery store, and I saw a woman wearing a T-shirt that said, Live Generously. You may have seen it before. It's like a heart with a little cross, and yes. it says that at the bottom. And I had never put much thought into it before, but I decided I was going to look it up. And I learned that it was a just a nonprofit Christian organization uh, that they give away many of these shirts to try to spur on generous, generous behavior. Hmm. Um, so we see these T-shirts everywhere, and we hear people speaking of living generously. But we have to actually question, what does this really look like? What does the Bible say about living generously? Um, and how do we do it? Mm-hmm. Um, So I feel like the best way to understand what generosity is, is to look towards God and his acts of generosity. Um, Our world is skewed and we can often misunderstand things simply based on our sinful nature and the world we live in. Um, What generosity means to us is something else to a completely other person that may be an unbeliever. Um, But God offers us so many examples of generosity in the Bible. We see him feed the 5,000 and we see him provide manna and the quail for the Israelites. Mm. These acts of generosity were not really necessary, but they were out of abundance and God's loving kindness to his people. He could have offered a small snack um, (laughs) or sent away the 5,000 with empty stomachs. They would have been hungry, but they wouldn't have died. Um, But yet God fully filled their stomachs and provided an entire meal. Same with the Israelites. They easily could have survived on the manna alone, but yet God heard their grumbling and generously provided the meat they desired. God is generous and often gives what his children ask of him. Mm. Mm -hmm. So to look at generosity, um, we are going to stick to the main passage, um, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12, which states, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is Mm. the law and the prophets. Hmm. So after reading this, what can we learn about God and ourselves from studying God's generosity? First, I think we need to be aware of our sinfulness and how it may hinder our belief of God being generous. Next, I think we need to realize that we deserve nothing. Therefore, Mm. everything that God gives us is truly generous. And last but not least, we need to follow God's demonstration of generosity. So if we're going to talk about God being generous, we first need to address why we may not always see God as generous. Many of us can easily recount ways that God has provided physical needs and has been generous to us. But is it something that we constantly believe? If God is generous and God is also unchanging, this means God is constantly generous. So why do we not view God as constantly generous? Recently, as I have been going through the attributes of God and have begun to study them, I realized that the attribute of God being generous is not one of the first attributes people think of. Yeah, it's not popular. It's not the popular ones. <laughs> no, it's not like on the top 10 when you right. look up a list 
online or when you're talking to people. And so I wondered, why is that? Why is it not one of the top ones? Because it seems like one that is so evident and important. Um, so if someone asked you how you know God is generous, what would you say? What are some examples of God's generosity that you have seen in your life? For me, when I initially think about it, it's easy to recall the times God has provided physical means for my family and I. He has been good to us. Uh, God has provided generously for my family in both big and small ways. Recently, I was throwing a party for my son's first birthday, and I was trying to figure out the cheapest way I could feed all of the family members that were coming. There were a (laughs) lot of them. And so I was quite concerned about how much the meat was going to cost. But I went out and I bought all of the supplies for my meal besides the meat. And I planned to go back later on to the grocery store and see if that ground beef I needed would maybe be on sale. Um, However, God knew my need. And that night, my husband came home with pounds of the ground beef that I needed. Wow. Yeah, his boss had been giving away tons of meat for free. And my husband just happened to take home exactly what I needed without me telling him. Hmm. While it would have been generous of God to provide chicken or pork for my party, God knew I had planned on needing a lot of ground beef and that my entire meal was centered centered around it. Um, So just as in the verse in Matthew says, God will not give you a stone if you ask for a loaf. God knows our needs and supplies them. Mm. God is not limited to only providing material things, but this is one way that God does reveal his generosity to us. This need for my meat may have been a small issue in the scheme of things, but it did show me that Christ cares about all of our needs and is willing to generously provide in all areas. Scripture in Matthew 7 tells us that if we ask, it will be given to us. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, he will open the door. Christ wants us to go to him and ask for our needs. He's a good father who provides for his children and cares about their desires. So we should place our trust in the Lord and know that he will provide all that we need. Hmm. That's okay. Yeah, you're doing great. It doesn't sound like you're reading it. It sounds like you're just telling me, which is what it should. I'm doing Josh's trick that he uses for preaching. It's his hands. His hands. (laughs) Take your hands off the table. It makes. Well, you'll see me. I do that. Like I'm talking to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We always talk with our hands. (coughs) (sighs) Gotta catch my breath again. (laughs) So our God is generous in very physical ways, but He is not limited to this. We cannot look past the other ways that he is generous. We often don't see God as generous because we live limited to physical materials. We want God to provide a house, cars, money, food, and a multitude of other things. And while it is good to depend on God to provide these things, such as these, we often get stuck and only see these things. Mm -hmm. We don't see the way that God generously gives us patience, joy, or even wisdom. Going back to Matthew 7 when we read it, there is no limitation to it. It just says, ask, seek, knock, and that God will provide. God does not put a boundary on what we ask for. Think of King Solomon. He was known to be a wise man with great understanding and great wealth. But how did he obtain all of this? In First Kings, we see God appear to Solomon in a dream and ask him what he wished from God. Solomon responded in a manner that pleased the Lord as he asked God to give him an understanding heart to judge God's people to discern between good and evil. Solomon did not ask for riches or for pleasure, but instead he asked for discernment and wisdom. Due to this, God not only blessed him with a wise and discerning heart, but went further and also blessed him with riches and honor. He even stated that he would prolong Solomon's days if he continued to walk in the ways of the Lord and kept his commandments. This is a great example for us to follow. When God asked what Solomon wanted, he did not look towards wealth or materials or even authority as we often do. 
So if I asked you what you were trusting God for and asking God to provide you with, would your list simply be made of worldly things that have no eternal value? Or are you looking to God to generously provide you with substantial and eternal desires? We should follow Solomon's example and ask God for heart changes and spiritual help. God is willing to provide us with all the physical means we need, but I believe he must take great joy when we want something that holds more eternal value. There's no downfall to asking God for these. Wake up and ask God to open the door to share the gospel with a stranger or even your neighbor. Ask him for wisdom and discernment in an upcoming conversation that may be mm-hmm. challenging or scary for you. Yeah. God knows our hearts and will likely provide you with not only what you need, but more. Mm. Let's consider some other day-to-day hindrances that we may face that um, hinder our ability to see God as generous. So God is, has been, and always will be perfect all on his own. He did not need to create us. As the Apostle Paul teaches in Acts 17, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. His creation of us in the world was a generous gift. God tells us that life is a vapor, and so clearly our day-to-day existence and the breath in our lungs is due to his generosity. I think it can be tempting to wake up and groan about the day we have ahead of ourselves or complain about our quality of sleep through the night, but we were not guaranteed any of that. God gifted it to us. Imagine how different our day would look if we started each day looking at that day as a wonderful and generous gift from God. Mm. He created us with complex and elaborate bodies that are capable of so much. Yes. He gave us eyes that can see the glory of his creation and the vibrant colors of nature around us. He gave us ears that can hear beautiful melodies and allow us to engage in conversation. He even gave us unique tongues that can taste of all of the wonderful spices he has created and the animals he has richly provided us with. God did not have to give us thousands of wonderful spices to enhance our food and make them pleasant in taste, but yet he did. Mm. He didn't even need to give us the variety of foods that he has. He could have designed us to be sustained by manna as the Israelites were. But he also even gave us noses that allow us to smell our favorite candles and flowers and even Mm. make our foods taste that much better. Yeah. These are things that we should stop to thank God for, and we need to recognize that God has generously given these to us in our day-to-day lives instead Mm. of just washing by them. So when we think about God being generous, we often fail to think about the non-materialistic things he has given us. God generously gave us the Sabbath day, knowing that we would face toil and hard work all week long. He granted us sleep that recharges our bodies and allows us to get physical rest. But even more than these, God generously pours his spirit into us so that we may be more like him. I'm sure there have been many days where you have pleaded with God, asking that he would grant you patience, energy, love, a soft heart, and many other things of this nature. Maybe you are struggling with a difficult child or boss. Have you stopped to think about the ways that God has generously given you what you need to handle them in a godly manner? Have you noticed his willingness to give you patience and a calm heart when you ask him? Just as Matthew 7 says, if we ask, he will answer. If we knock, he will open the door. So we should ask and expect that God will guide our hearts and provide what we need every day. Just as we need physical things, we also deeply need spiritual things. We need God to give us soft hearts each morning so that we may love the others around us. Mm. We need God to give us energy and a heart to serve so that we can help our husbands or friends with tasks. 
We need God to give us joy so that we may be a light to others. And we need God to give us wisdom so that we can help guide others as well. God is a loving Father who wants to pour out His love on us. We often forget to ask for these things, but yet He graciously and generously provides them for us over and over again. So we must recognize our needs and then humbly seek them um, Hmm. from the Lord. Another reason we often don't see the things God has given us as generous is because that we believe that we deserve what He has given us or think that it is a result from our own works. God generously gives us something and we fail to have gratitude or give the glory to God because we believe that God owes us. We think that because we're hospitable, God owes us a big house to host people. Or that because we work so hard, God owes us an extra day off or vacation time. And this can be even smaller things. We believe that we deserve to rest when our husbands get home because we have worked all day as well. We believe that if they are off the clock, we also deserve to be off the clock. Subconsciously or not, we are constantly carrying around a belief that we deserve more. We no longer look at things as a gift or a reward, but more as a payment. Society tells us that we deserve and are entitled to certain outcomes. Mm. And if we fall into this belief, we will fall into discontentment and a prideful view of ourselves. If we constantly have the expectation that we deserve something, we are being prideful and missing all of the opportunities to see God as a generous father. The reality is, is that we are slaves of God and we are here to work heartily for him, whether that is in prosperity or in poverty. With things big and small, we have the temptation to believe that the fruit we see is a a direct result from our own work, rather from God's hand or His generosity. We believe that we got a raise because of our own efforts and hard work that we put in, not that God is blessing us. We believe that our gardens are bearing fruit from our strenuous labor, and not that God is just generously providing fruit and flowers for our own pleasure. We believe that our children are looking to God because of all of the work we did in teaching them, not that God opened their eyes and softened their hearts to Him. And we believe that we have overcome our sinful anger through our own work and not that God has given us patience and love to deal with that. We have this prideful temptation to think this way, and it pulls us away from giving the glory to God and seeing Him as a generous Father. This is not to say that we shouldn't do the things that I've listed. Raising your children and teaching them the ways of the Bible is great work that we ought to do. And working heartily at your job is good and can be so glorifying to God. But we should not claim the fruit as our own, but should instead glorify God for these things. If we think that we deserve what we have, we are putting ourselves on a pedestal and living in pride. Luke 17 says that we are unworthy slaves that have done only which we ought to have done. Even on our best days, we are ridden with sin and we need Jesus to forgive us and our many trespasses. There's a lot of danger in believing that we deserve what we have or what we want. But God is not a magic genie who should or will complete our every wish. Believing that we deserve what we have diminishes God's generosity completely. God gives us gifts, not because we deserve them, but because he is generous. It is his being If we are not to have something or ask with the wrong motives, God will not provide it. James 4 says, You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. If we deserve anything in life, we deserve to be judged for our sins. We are entitled to nothing less. We are sinful people. 
Romans 1 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We often refer to this verse when talking about unbelievers, but it is not us. We often suppress the truth and do not give God the glory that he deserves for his generosity and his goodness to us. Instead, we claim the glory for ourselves and we worship our own work. And this alone, we deserve death. Yet God is generous to us. In 1 John 4, it explains that it is not that we loved God, but that God loved us. He loved us so much that he generously gave up his one and only son for our sins. Roman 8 continues on and says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Hmm. When God... When talking about God being generous, we get a perfect example of this in the sacrifice of his son for our sins. God sent his one and only son to die so that we may gain eternal life with Christ. If God is willing to give his beloved son for us, he's also going to be generous with the smaller things. We deserve nothing, but yet Christ has given us all we need and more. While reading through some articles pertaining to this topic, I found a statement that really stuck with me. It states, We can most fully appreciate his giving if we most fully appreciate that God needs nothing and owes us nothing. Hmm. This is so true. Yes. If God owes us nothing, then everything from him is a generous gift. We will have the freedom to look around and be grateful for what God has already provided for us, knowing that it was his hand and not ours. When we realize God's generosity to us, we can look at what we have and know that it is actually God's and should be used for his kingdom. Consider Job as an example. God was generous in his gifts to Job. He gave him a wife, many kids, livestock, servants, and so much more. But when yet, but yet when God took all of that away, he was still good. Job 41 says, Who has given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. So even when God took everything away from Job, he was still a good God. Job was not owed any of those blessings, but instead they were a generous gift from God. We can't give or do anything that would cause God to have to repay us. He doesn't owe us salvation. He doesn't owe us a spouse. He doesn't owe us money. But yet these are all great blessings from God's hand. Hmm. Our passage ends by telling us that If we as sinners know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will Christ give what is good to those who ask him? Christ demonstrates generosity perfectly, and we should look towards him in our pursuit to be generous with others. When we ask for a loaf, he will not give us a stone. So when our neighbors or friends ask for something, we should give them what they ask for and even more if we were able. When we first moved into our home, we did not own a lawnmower. But our neighbors allowed us to use theirs, and it was a great blessing to us. But they didn't just stop at the lawnmower. They filled it up with gas, and then they gave us their weed whacker, and then their leaf blower as well. Wow. Yeah. And they they saw a way to generously give up what they had to bless someone they didn't even know yet. And this, um was something that my husband and I were really grateful for. God never owed us a single thing, but yet has provided us each and every one of us with the gift of life and has continued to sustain us. We need to start with grateful hearts that thank God each and every day for his generosity. If we do not have the heart posture of being thankful for what God has given us, we cannot truly be generous ourselves. 
We will believe that everything that we give is ours to give rather than God's. If we truly believe that God has gifted us everything, it will be much easier to give away what we do have. We will know that we can give out of abundance, but that we can also give when we have very little, as God will provide more. Generosity cannot be limited to what we do or don't have. It should be a heart posture that wants to bless others and show them the love of Christ. The final verse in our passage is often known as the golden rule. Mm. It's taught to kids in almost every school, and I'm sure you've heard it before. Mm -hmm. It says, And everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Many of us have heard this time and time again, and maybe it has just become a cliche to you. But we really should not overlook this verse or bypass it because we have heard it so many times. We live in a world where many people may not treat you the same way you treat them. You may spend hours a week loving a certain family member, neighbor, or friend and hardly ever get anything in return. But the verse is not telling us that by being kind, we are guaranteed kindness in return. It just says to treat them the way you would like to be treated. And if you desire to have people willingly give up their time for you, you should do that for them. Some examples of this is I have a friend who is always willing to watch my child, Hmm. even if it could be a burden to her that day. I know that I could call her any day, any time, and she may even rearrange her day so that she could watch my son to help Hmm. me. Um, And even when she's watching him, she'll text me and say like, hey, if you want to go to the grocery store, go ahead. Like I can watch him for an extra 20 minutes. He's being great. And it's so kind. She is so generous with her time. um, And it was such a way for me to see her love Hmm. of Christ. Um, After seeing her do this for me, I was like, this is a great blessing. And I should start trying to do this for other people. Not everyone will respond by doing what you do, but it is great to set an example for other women, and hopefully it will bless them. Be a demonstration of generous behavior, and it will hopefully spur on generosity in others. And this is not limited to children by any means. If you're in college and see that a classmate was sick or missed class, offer them your notes, even if you don't know them that well. Even be willing to answer their questions and help them fill in on what they missed. Be generous with those who are sick. Offer to make them a meal or even ask if you could come help them clean or do any chores around the house. Rake your neighbor's leaves whether they are elderly or not. I have an elderly neighbor who regularly helps me maintain areas of my lawn that often get pushed aside. He will hear my toddler crying from inside and I'll look outside and he'll just start picking up stick or spraying weeds in areas that I may have forgotten to. I love that. Your age should not hinder your generosity Mm. to others. So we should even teach our children to help others and to be generous with what they have. This could be giving up their belongings or teaching them um, to give up their time that they may have wanted to use in a different way for the benefit of others. And if you are getting older and maybe can't do as many physical things, be generous with your time and your wisdom that you likely have to offer. Call other women and encourage them or even host a few women over and teach them something that you are skilled at, whether that's canning, making pies, how to knit, how to crochet. These are great things that I think a lot of younger women or even women your own age may want to learn and haven't learned yet. There should not be a limit to our generosity. It's not limited to money, it's not limited to materials, and it's not limited to age. There are so many ways that we can be generous and love those around us. 
And in the end, this is a great demonstration of God and his generosity to us. Hmm. And not only that, but generosity teaches us to trust God. It gives us a chance to humble ourselves and trust that he will provide what we need when we ask. Sign yourself up to help a friend do house maintenance and trust that God will give you the energy. Hmm. Volunteer or help in the nursery at Awana, even if you don't think you are skilled with children or have never changed a diaper in your your life. There are many people who have been in this boat, trust me. (laughs) Allow God to use you and Mm. grow you in new ways, and I think you will be amazed um, at what he'll teach you. Christ is a great demonstrator and picture of what true generosity is. We should be looking towards him and towards scripture to learn about being generous. When we do this and humble ourselves, we can see our sinfulness and the ways we aren't generous or don't believe God to be generous. Humbling ourselves first will allow God to work in our hearts and see the ways we may limit his generosity or take credit for it. We have to recognize that God does not owe us anything, but that everything from him is an undeserved and generous gift. And once we see this, we should follow in his footsteps and be generous ourselves. Go out of your comfort zone and give all you have to demonstrate God's love and generosity to others. Wow. Okay, so Stephanie, I picked up on a bunch of things, and I think it's really good to think about these attributes because like you said at the beginning, it's not really like the hot topic, mm-hmm. you know, one. We go to God is, I don't know, God is sovereign might be one that people talk about or God is love. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. But this is great. And there's just some things I thought about as you talked. I loved that you you encouraged us to be specific. Um, we need to be specific to look in our lives for how God is being generous to us. Like your ground beef story. Um, I have lots of stories of my own to, that, that God has just showed me abundant, abundant generosity. I still remember being a 13-year-old girl when you're trying to fit into certain clothes and you're kind of between the little girl things and the, you know, teen girl things. And I remember going to this store and my mom and I prayed in the car that I I had to have a dress, you know. And I mean, I, you know, I, we didn't have a lot of money and um, I found two, two dresses that fit me and felt comfortable and were in our budget. I could get two dresses and that was a piece of God's generosity to me at that point. We have to purpose to, to do just what you said, and that is to see where God is being generous, both in the tangible and in some of the more spiritual ways. I think that's mm-hmm. good. Okay, I like this quote um, from what you shared. We can, I don't know who said this. Did you say this or was it from someone else? It's, we can most fully appreciate his giving if we most fully appreciate that God needs nothing and owes us nothing. I did not say it, okay. but I do not remember who said it. Okay, well, it's good. So... <laughs> Like we should make that into like an image that we keep on our phone, you know, that we we can't really understand what God has done for us and that he it, really we have to think about it, you know, mm-hmm. God really doesn't owe us anything, nothing. And it's just a good thing to remember. I also was thinking as we were talking about, okay, so in the world, um, there's this word mindset mm-hmm. and the mindset is pretty... It can just go very bad. Your mindset, like you're just always thinking about yourself, right? You're always thinking about who you are. Oh, you just talk to yourself and tell yourself all the good things about you and you're enough. So here's the thing. I do think mindset does make sense when it comes to putting our mind on something. And here's what you did and what all of our other women have done who have talked about these attributes is we are putting our mind on God. Mm-hmm. Instead of it, it is a mindset. You you actually are using it. I'm going to change that the definition of that word here today because it's <laughs> not about thinking about 
us, it's about thinking about God. And all of your talk directed us to change our mindset, like think about generosity. And I think that's really helpful to do and something that we don't do very often. No. But we need to do it. So thank you, Stephanie, so much for walking us through how God is generous. Would you be willing to pray for us? Yes, absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would soften our hearts and open our eyes so that we may see the ways you have poured out your generosity onto us. Help us to trust in your word and to be generous to others as you are with us. May we see the ways that we do not view you as generous or do not give you the glory that we deserve. We ask that you would be with us um, in our continual study of the attributes and that you would continue um, to open our eyes to your goodness and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's time for this episode's tiny tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Martha Twining. Martha, I'm glad to have you on today. Thanks, Julie. And I'm really excited about your tiny tidbit because... It's Christmas. Yes, the holidays are coming, girl. Okay, (laughs) tell us what you got. Okay, so Christmas is a time that I really look forward to. The first snowfall of the season just sets my heart aflutter. Yes. And as a kid, I always had great excitement. Wait, wait. Wait, what? Do you listen to Christmas music year-round? Craig won't let me. Oh, your husband (laughs) won't let you. Oh, man. Okay. You would if you could. I would if I could. Okay, but you're practicing submission. Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay. okay. All right. (laughs) So as a kid, I always had great excitement waiting for the presents under the tree. But now as an adult, I have more fun giving presents. Nice. Um, I got married later in life, and we were well beyond the childbearing years, so I didn't really have any kids to give to. And our first few Christmases together as husband and wife, we concentrated on finding that special gift for each other. And then a few years passed, and Craig and I decided to use the money we would spend on each other to bless non-family members. Oh, so cool. And then over the years, this has taken many forms. Um, Once we mailed secret Santa gift cards to families so they could have fun splurging during the holidays. Nice. And we didn't sign the card, but we just told the family to have a blessed Christmas. That's so cool. It was fun. Um, Another year, we made gift baskets of toys, puzzle books, and snacks for families that had lots of little kids. Mm. And Dollar Tree is a great place (laughs) for having fun and finding those fun, tasty things that kids like. And the basket to go with it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We've also given gift cards to people at church who quietly go about serving others, and we wanted to show our appreciation. Mm. And those we handed out in person. Um, about five years ago, we also started to buy for all the kiddos that are in our church's small groups. Nice. And since I'm a teacher, um, I've always gotten gifts for my students because I love shopping for cool puzzles and yes. games and books yes. and toys. Makes me happy. And they love it. Yes, they Kids do. Kids love that. Yeah. And it's so much fun to see their reactions when they get an unexpected present. And I always keep my eyes open for sales and I wander through the toy section of stores just to see what I can find. Um, the present doesn't have to cost very much either. Sometimes the smallest thing is the basic, biggest hit. So like last year, it was just a bouncy ball with glitter that lit, lit up. And that was from Dollar Tree. Yeah. And they loved it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even the, the adults liked it too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Costco is another place to purchase a pack of something and then divvy it up between multiple people. Uh, One year I got crafty and placed seeds that I had collected from my garden into transparent ornaments. And you tie a little bow on it and ta-da, something fun to show people that you love them. 
So, and even taking the time to write a Christmas card to tell someone how much they mean to you is an easy way to bless someone. Who doesn't like to get an unexpected piece of mail that warms the heart? So I hope the listeners ponder these ideas and think about how they can give joy. Yeah. Because honestly, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You are so right. And I love, I love your just ideas that you just look around you. Yes. You're just looking for people in your life that could use. I mean, that's kind of a blessing mm-hmm. to get a gift at Christmas, you know, and I love that. Um, I wanted to share that when my husband and I were first married, um, a girl, a woman at our church, she and her family would do this really cool Christmas thing. They would get all the Christmas cards. I don't know if people send Christmas cards as much anymore. I do. And they would, I know, and they would hang them up and right maybe a little bit before Christmas, they would have a Christmas card contest with just the cards they got. Really? And they would have a vote among their family, which was the best Christmas card. And they had different titles for different things. So maybe they would have the prettiest Christmas card or, you know, the, the cutest or the most Dudley, you know, I don't know, you know, one that was not as good. And then they gave, they gave out prizes. So at to church, the people, the people that, oh, sent the card. So we got the prettiest Christmas card Aww. in 1999. <laughs> so I'd like to just announce that so everyone hears. Well, I think we would have won for COVID because on the front of our Christmas card, we put on the mask. Oh, yeah. And we had hats on and sunglasses. <laughs> the most clever. And yes. then we flipped it over and said, ta-da, it's yes, us. <laughs> right. It really is, even though, yeah. Great ideas, great ideas, Thanks. and it's just fun to think about, and yes. it's good for us to be thinking about who can we bless this Christmas. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening. Join us next week as we jump into our Mom to Mom episode. These episodes are focused on mothering and come directly from our Mom to Mom ministry. This year, the Mom to Mom ministry's theme is the life-giving home. And we will take a look next week at the living room. So join us for that. Don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. It's very easy to find. And we have lots of content that we put out on there. You can also find us on any of your favorite podcast directories. So go and subscribe today. That helps us out. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, like anywhere you listen, we're there. And a new episode drops each and every Thursday. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Mm